It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Monday, July 6th, 2020. On this day in 1415, Czech religious reformer Jan Hus was burned at the stake for heresy. But his martyrdom had a powerful effect. It fueled a nearly 20-year war between the Pope and Hus's followers in Bohemia, which is now the Czech Republic. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Today we're covering the condemnation and martyrdom of Jan Hus. Let's go back to the morning of July 6, 1415, to Constance, now in Germany, but then a part of the Holy Roman Empire. Jan Hus, an estimated 45 years old, was in poor health by the time he arrived to be sentenced. For over two months, his food had been strictly rationed and his limbs bound by heavy chains. He looked frail and weak as he stood listening to the Catholic Mass and liturgy that preceded his condemnation. However, despite the grave events that lay ahead, Jan Hus did not make any motions to beg for mercy. He was firm in his beliefs. Throughout his life as a philosopher, educator, reformer, and priest, he sought to call attention to ethical abuses occurring within the church for the greater good of all Catholics. Arguably, the trouble began back in 1410, when Hus was formally excommunicated by his local archbishop in Prague, but continued to preach. By 1412, Hus's excommunication had forced him out of Prague and into relative exile, where he continued to write about his beliefs and gain followers. Nearly two years on the outskirts of clerical and academic life followed, until the fateful Council of Constance. In 1414, Hus traveled to Germany, believing he would be safe from persecution at the Council, which aimed to negotiate an end to the Great Schism, the era in Western Europe where multiple popes were competing for power over the Catholic Church. However, when Hus arrived, he was quickly captured and imprisoned. Hus's teachings about ethical abuses in the church weren't up for the same negotiation as the schism, as it turned out. He remained behind bars until 1415. There seemed to be some possibility that Hus would be released that June, when he was granted a public hearing. But the gathering proved just the opposite. Instead of allowing Hus to explain his position, nearly 30 heretical religious teachings were presented as evidence against him. It was a smear tactic. These documents weren't exclusively Hus's creations. 
large portions were actually the work of British philosopher John Wycliffe. Still, despite this, Hus wouldn't abandon his beliefs or recant. His adamance, or hostility as the council saw it, meant his life wouldn't be spared. After the Mass that morning of July 6, 1415, Jan Hus was led outside to a grisly scene. An executioner and a stake awaited him. Hus stood before the crowd, where he took to his knees and said one last prayer. Then the inhumane process began. Hus was stripped of his clothing. The executioner bound his hands behind his back. Then he was positioned at the wooden stake and pinned to it with a chain around his neck. In his final moments, Hus was surrounded by dry kindling, wood and straw for the flames to use as fuel. At that point, many people who were condemned to be burned would cry out, hoping to reason or persuade their way out of their fate. But Hus did nothing of the sort. Even on the brink of unthinkable suffering and death, he would not beg nor recant. He believed his teachings were in line with scripture rather than the doctrines of church authorities. He's quoted as saying, God is my witness that the things charged against me I never preached. In the same truth of the gospel which I have written, taught, and preached, drawing upon the sayings and positions of the holy doctors, I am ready to die today. Then Jan Hus was burned at the stake. Witnesses were reeling from the events of the day, and a dour mood blanketed the region. Coming up, the aftermath of Jan Hus's execution further divides the Czech people from the papacy. Now, back to the story. Czech religious figure Jan Hus was condemned by the Catholic Church and burned for heresy on July 6, 1415. But his condemnation and death epitomized a larger conflict between two groups in 15th century Europe, religious reformers and the elite of the Roman Catholic Church. As a reformer, who severely criticized abuses within the Catholic Church, such as the selling of indulgences. This practice involved payments to religious figures or groups associated with the Church in hopes of absolving a person's sins. It essentially amounted to buying your way out of hell. Hus was also a loyal follower of the British religious critic John Wycliffe, whose philosophical teachings circulated around Prague back when Hus was educated as a theologian. Hus was particularly passionate about the Wycliffeite belief that religious followers should look to Jesus Christ and the Bible, not the Pope and his rules. This would allow religion to maintain some level of independence from Rome, meaning a person should be Catholic by practicing the teachings of Scripture rather than by obeying the Pope. No pope in the 15th century took warmly to requests for checks on papal power, thus Hus's censure and, eventually, execution. But if the pope was hoping to reassert his dominance, that's not quite what happened. 
In Prague, where Hus was educated and practiced as a religious leader, many Czech people were horrified at his brutal death. Many of them, like Hus himself, had been influenced by John Wycliffe's teachings, and the execution of one of their leaders was the final straw. In protest, they distanced themselves from the Catholic Church and its papal doctrines. In response, Pope Martin V denounced these Hussite traitors. He released a papal order demanding their persecution and encouraging King Sigismund to battle the heretics. During the Hussite Wars, reportedly thousands of Hussites were thrown into the Kutnahora mines, and the violence didn't end there. The brutal crusade against the Hussite community would continue for nearly 20 years. But they didn't take it quietly. For those long years, Hussites proved their resolve, taking up arms and fighting back. The conflict only ended by way of a treaty in 1436. But even as fighting abated, the stage was set for broader reforms and fractures in the Catholic Church. Notably, Hus's calls for change can be seen as a precursor to the Protestant Reformation incited by Martin Luther's publication of the 95 Theses a century later in 1517. To this day, Czechs remember that influence and celebrate Hus for his outspoken bravery. The Republic commemorates him with a public holiday each July. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories of medieval heretics, check out the ParCast original, Secret Societies. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Mackenzie Moore, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.